I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome to the NXT preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dudley Boys, Michael Sidgwick from What Culture, to look ahead to tonight's episode of NXT. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review NXT, but also Raw, SmackDown, AEW Dynamite, AEW Rampage, pay per views. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete with a bloody good quiz, of course, on wrestle culture as said though joined by michael sidgwick's look ahead to nxt tonight but before we do that there has been a new logo revealed for the new version of nxt which i'm told is coming that's what i've seen on television at least uh i've got it sitting in front of me right now i'm going to turn it around for michael sidgwick i know you've already seen this but uh I've never seen you this giddy for an NXT preview before, and it's not about any of the matches tonight, no offence to the performers, but it's about this, isn't it? Talk me through your reaction to it, and, uh, well, other people's, let's say, reaction to it. It's the funniest thing I've seen in pro wrestling all year. Oh, my God. And it's a validation. I've, and it's not a big stretch, but the extent to which... Vince McMahon and Triple H no longer see eye to eye. I've been telling you, I have been telling people for the last two years, they are going to have a major bust up. It's been apparent for some time that if you're a shareholder, you're looking at NXT, which is a money loser by design, failed spectacularly to make the transition to television. It hasn't um, generated a strong traditional rights fee. Um... Reports vary about what it actually is. 30 to 50 million was mooted. A conspiracy theory did the round saying it was uh, zero dollars. And it was <laughs> like, just basically put it on telly. Don't need that much money. It doesn't exist to make money. It's to siphon AEW's audience. It failed spectacularly to do that. If you're a shareholder, you're looking at Triple H and thinking he's not it. Like I want this investment to be a nice long-term little uh, bit of Bunsen. Mm-hmm. Not happening with Triple H at the helm. He's done nothing to prove that he can um, draw numbers in his guise as a creative overlord. His vision for NXT has failed. Vince McMahon has told him outright it has failed by burying Karrion Cross, cutting people from NXT without his say-so, rebranding NXT, refocusing it as a true developmental system, and we've seen this new logo. For those who haven't seen it, it's going to be difficult to convey on a audio podcast, but I will try. 
It is a huge splash of color, not unlike the initial marketing for AEW Dynamite, which is piss funny. It is also, and this is going to seem conspiratorial, and, I, and I'm telling you now, I don't think this has actually happened, right? But surely this has happened. If you look at this NXT logo, I can see blue, orange, pink, mm-hmm. yellow, red. It's just a big splash of day glow color. It is as if, and I'm not saying this has happened, but it looks like it's happened. It is as if Vince McMahon has directly liaised with a graphic designer mm-hmm. and said, I've got it out for this guy. Who's this guy? It's my son-in-law. <laughs> All right, bit weird, but I'm getting paid a nice little uh, bit of Bunsen commission to design a logo. What can I do for you, sir? Well, I've got it out for this guy, my son-in-law. I want to take revenge on my son-in-law for being a failure who got outbooked and outdrawn by a goddamn tape trading money mark. My <laughs> son-in-law must pay, and I want you Get him. I'm a graphic designer. What can I possibly do? I want you, designer, to create Triple H's nightmare image. Right, okay, well, I need to know a little bit about this Triple H fella who I'm out to get. Can you tell me something about him just so I can find out Mm -hmm. something that he hates? Well, pal, he loves heavy metal music. He put his failure of a show in this dank, drab, dimly lit Capital Wrestling Center, I think it was called. There was no color, there was no light, there was no levity. It was depressing, it was dingy. It was all black. He loves the color black. He loves Slipknot. He loves Motorhead. God damn it, he loves skulls. He loves stuff that looks evil and dark and intense and cool. And it's lame. Right, okay. So you're telling me he likes Pitch Black Darkness... Heavy metal aesthetics, heavy metal music, super intense, gruff intensity. (laughs) Yes. So you're telling me he doesn't like stuff that would look energetic and wholesome and Mm. fun and colorful and vibrant. Well, here's your new logo. God damn it, pal. Triple H is going to hate this. It's perfect. (laughs) I'm telling you now, you cannot tell me that Triple H has had any say in this logo. It has been imposed upon him. And then look, it's just a logo for a TV show. Yeah. But it says a lot of their relationship, Triple H's position of power, what Vince McMahon thinks of the future of WWE compared to what uh, Triple H did. Wilborn on your little laptop gimmick there. Mm. Bring up the NXT logo that it is currently. It is black. There's a big X on it. There's big black feathers. A bird of prey. Didn't prey upon anything. It lost the war. But it's a big bird of prey with black imposing wings and a skull on it. It's the most Triple H thing that ever Triple H. Yeah. It couldn't be more Triple H if it didn't senselessly bury a tag team in the mid-2000s for no reason. (laughs) And you look at this new one, and it's... I cannot look at this new logo without thinking... God damn it, Triple H is hated by Vince McMahon. (laughs) It's the opposite. In my mind, looking at this logo, Vince McMahon could not think any less of the job that Triple H did at the helm of NXT 
since its move to the USA Network and has decided, what does he think is good? Okay, do the opposite of that. It is the most beautifully spiteful logo. And you know what? Maybe I'm looking too much into a logo. Maybe it's a very cynical, we need to disassociate people from the failure that is NXT. Sorry, Triple H, but you have failed. We need to disassociate people from this era of NXT, and we need we just need to do the opposite, a complete brand reset. This is what we've got. What do you think? Triple H, they did a little WWE.com article about the too sweet hand gesture oh, and how and how like uh, influential it was. And uh, they're all talking about it, and Finn Balor goes, well, we called it the too... I can't do the accent. Call it the too sweet. And Triple H was like, God damn it, no. Too sweet sounds weak. It's just, it's very weak to me. Too sweet, can we, can we call it something? It's not too sweet. That sounds very weak. Can we call it something that makes us sound tough? The evil horns. The evil horns. The devil's friendship. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like... If Triple H is saying this about a hand gesture, then he doesn't like this logo. This logo is very consistent with this genuine, not conspiracy theory idea that Vince McMahon has took one look at NXT from the visit to the Performance Center that, in retrospect, scans now as something as terrifying as, like, when teachers talk about Ofsted coming in, mm -hmm. and they're like, oh, Christ. It's one of those things where you pass, like, when you go through an airport, it's like, I know I've got no drugs. I know I've taken all the keys and metallic things out of my pocket. I don't. All my liquids are safely secured in transparent plastic bags, as they should be. And yet, I still feel like I've got a kilo of coke because <laughs> yeah. that's how scary it is. I know I'm doing a good job and I'm doing the correct things, but this is scary. I used to work in financial administration when the FSA or the FCA came in. You are, you could be doing a great job, and you still would get like. Question, question, mm -hmm. question. How robust are your processes? Have you accounted for this bit of thing going wrong and how disastrous that would be for your clients? They're thinking, I'm doing a terrible job. And it's <laughs> like, well, you're not calm down. Imagine that feeling mm. if you're Triple H and you're actually a failure. <laughs> you've actually lost to AEW in the Wednesday Night War and you've got these oppressive regulatory bodies asking why you failed. It's like, well, it's because I'm a failure. Sorry. And they're giving him that logo. The only thing I can compare it to, because you've eviscerated it brilliantly here, is, you know, the old phrase of like, oh, you know, old yellow's getting a bit old and take around the back of the shed and put two in the back of his head. Two? Well, <laughs> right. <laughs> is, is... Why two? Just a double tap. <laughs> right. Do you know, I'll get to the reason why that is in a second, why I'm so trigger happy, is because they've taken the old NXT logo around the back of the shed and taken a paintball gun to yeah. it. There we go, that looked better now. Look, look, much better than that. And also, we'll install a thing that says you must be this high to wrestle. Uh, not like that, Matt Riddle. But, you know, because look at the people they've just signed literally today. B cubed, Bill Buchanan's son, who's, I think, all I know about him is he's Bill Buchanan's son, and I think he's 6'3". Uh, another Uso signed, who's six three. Someone else six three. It's like, what's the uh, what's the thing that's linking all these new signings that's that we maybe didn't get before? On oh, that indie bollocks, lads. We'll get all that very quickly. We will preview NXT in a second, I promise. Um, but oh, quickly as well. Yes. Oh, NXT's days on TV numbered. Do you think? Look, I can't profess to be. I'm a guy who would like to think. 
he knows a lot about what gets over in pro wrestling, what's trendy in pro wrestling, what the timeless cause of pro wrestling are. I predated the Sage. Michael Sagewick, if you like. Oh, that's another one. The trends that WWE should heed for their, not survival because of TV, but their public perception and their declining audience. I once did an article entitled 10 Reasons Why WWE Should Do Clean Finishes Only. My God. The comments. Idiot. <laughs> you know, watch wrestling like, it's just DQs, it's just how it goes. It's like, well, no, because what you could do is you could follow the old Japan Pro Wrestling model of the early 90s, which was, by the way, so much more popular than what WWE is doing now. It was like 2017 I wrote this article. And lo and goddamn behold, a big new upstart competition starts to throttle WWE in some respects, encroaching on their demos, sells out arenas. What policy do they have? The one I suggested WWE implement in 2017. So I know wrestling. I know this. I don't know that much about TV. It's a very wide open question. If you're USA, you're thinking, we need Raw. We need Raw. It's our biggest show. It's number one every single week. It's DVR proof. We need Raw. Well, the problem with Raw is that you have to get NXT. Ah. To quote um, Tim Heidecker, that's prime real estate. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, they used to have suits in that slot. Mm. If they could have suits in Raw, they'd much prefer suits in Raw to bloody Raw and NXT. But they need Raw more than they need a suits. They need a Raw more than they need to look for a suits. They are probably happy to eat those two hours. Because still, NXT still performs very well relative to other um, USA Network programming. What are you laughing at? I don't know why. It's just you were talking like that. I was thinking... It's prime real estate. No, that popped me as well. But also, what if Vic Joseph was in suits? Oh, my God, we're going to trial! I don't know why that came into heads. But, Objection. yeah. Objection! <laughs> oh, my God, he's objecting. falls off his chair. Ah, objection! Should you do some cross-promotion? Yeah. You know, like they walk on at the bottom of the screen, like, oh, I got my show coming up later. <laughs> Big Joseph just it increasingly gets bigger. <laughs> and it's like it's so oppressive that he's like the, the woman through, from the ring coming through the screen. Watch that next day! <laughs> oh, God. And you mute the TV, it still comes through. It's so bloody <laughs> yeah, loud. Yeah. But yeah, I, I don't know, like. I always said back in the day with NXT, I'd watch the takeovers and then I should really watch the TV on the network and then I'd just read the spoilers. <laughs> I'm just worried it's going to go back in that sort of direction potentially. Obviously, these are different. There's not a lot of tapings going on right now. That's slightly different, obviously, but it's certainly not as appointment viewing as it was and that was probably because they burned through all their big matches in about six months. Well, there's reports from the guy who does Matt Men. I always forget his goddamn name. Andrew, Andrew Zarian. Zarian. Yeah. I always want to call him Dr. Gavorkian. It's like, that's not good. <laughs> um... But he's let slip that USA Network. I'm particularly happy this is not what we paid for. And it's like, are you even paying for it, brother? I, I've heard rumors <laughs> to the contrary, brother. So who knows? I'm telling you now, if there's anyone out there, like me and Murray, who've got kind of a cynical, schadenfreude sense of humor, we are. We were talking earlier about whether, like, what's your most anticipated thing in wrestling right now? Is it CM Punk making his in-ring return? Or is it the premiere of the new NXT because we're thinking, like, it's going to look like... It's going to be the... You can already tell from the logo. It's going to be the biggest over-correction over mm. ever. Well, that's depressing. Say hello to fucking 
LEDs on every goddamn inch of your screen. LEDs, pyro. That's going to be smoke because this, this shouldn't be contained. It's going to be a completely migraine-inducing it's going to look like heaven, but WWE's version of it, which is hell, like bright colors, <laughs> white everywhere. Like, oh, maybe the ring ropes will be like, not just orange, pink, purple, which I would love to a degree, but like orange for a bit. Yeah, and then half. Green, like half and half ropes with green and pink and then purple and yellow. Like, God damn it, it looked too dark and depressing and dingy. <laughs> It colors everywhere. Like, literally every, in my head, it's going to look like the logo on every inch of your screen. Different turnbuckles. Like, uh, LEDs on the apron that just do, like, the, the color splash. I, I can't wait. I cannot wait. I, I can't wait for this card. <laughs> it's a little segue. It's the most animated I've been all day, and this is the fourth podcast <laughs> we've recorded. I'm in love with how much Triple H hates this logo in my head. Who knows, maybe Triple H did it. Maybe Triple H decided, you know what? I'm sick of listening to Slipknot and Motorhead, which I've been listening to for my entire adult life, which I've, in effect, masturbated <laughs> to for my WrestleMania entrances. What I'm going to go for is some new hyperactive pop music. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to listen to some... <laughs> I don't know. Like, uh, the dearly departed Sophie. Sophie was incredible dance artist, like really hyperactive, energetic, like chipmunky dance music. Maybe Triple H is into Sophie now. Mm. Who knows? <laughs> or he tried ecstasy for the first time at the weekend <laughs> and went, well, this is much better. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Sharon, and here's where it gets interesting. Raise your hand if you want salon-perfect nails for just $2 a manicure. Yeah, me too. With the Alvin June Manny system, you can say goodbye to expensive services that take hours and hours and love your nails more than ever. I would know I've been doing it for years. Get 20% off your first Manny system with code PERFECTMANNY20 at alvinjune.com slash PERFECTMANNY20. That's PERFECTMANNY20 at alvinjune.com slash PERFECTMANNY20. Right, uh, let's preview this NXT card, though. Uh, this is this. I'm right in thinking this is the first of the series of taped shows, correct? Last week was taped. Yes. Oh, okay. Right. But this is this certainly feels like the first because they can actually preview a whole host of stuff because they know what's coming up on this show. One of which is Johnny Gargano versus LA Knight. They are loving these heel versus heel matches at the moment. Triple H is going out swinging. He is going out with major, I'm still fighting for this title energy. I'm still fighting for my vision of NXT. What's your vision for uh, NXT, Paul? Uh, heel versus heel matches in which no one can get behind anyone. 
They've still got to go and get something. <laughs> I think they will, Paul, to be honest, mate. <laughs> I don't know who to root for. Um, to be honest, this is a different version of a... Like, Karrion Cross versus Santos Escobar was weird. It's like, oh. It's the baby face. <laughs> I mean, it's the guy being outnumbered, but he's also super intense and impossible to root for. <laughs> this is weird, and I will not, not be entertained by it because I really like Johnny Gargano in the role of comedic mid-card heel goober. I also like LA Knight in the exact same role. The difference here is that this has implications for uh, Samojo's first opponent. So oh, it, yeah. it kind of makes sense to do a heel versus heel match in this specific context. Uh, Gargano, I expect, will win. Do you think he wins via sort of either deliberate or accidental help from Dexter Loomis? Oh, obviously the, the whole point of this was they were moaning to William Regal. He was trying to cancel the wedding and what have you. And Dexter either accidentally helps Johnny Gargano win this or Indy Hartwell's there. And Johnny's like, what the bloody hell are you doing it? Takes the referee in amongst all this. And Dexter Loomis does some not necessarily heelish stuff, but LA Knight's trying to cut all the corners. Dexter Loomis does some, you know, serious stuff. So you're pitching, Wilborn, just to collect my thoughts and gather them. A heel versus heel match in which the baby face mm -hmm. who's also heavily intimated to be a serial killer mm -hmm. acts like a heel to swing the advantage in the direction of one of the heels. And uh, and get into the good graces of his partner's on-screen dad. It's as Triple H as the logo isn't. It's happening. <laughs> Look, I, I expect this. Have some fun with it. Yeah. Like, have some fun with it. You've got two fun characters. They should have a match about who was the best cheating dickhead. Yeah. And the funniest person at selling their shocked, feigned disgust for the other person cheating. There's a way to do a heel versus heel match. And please, Johnny Gargano shouldn't be staring at his hands in this one. No, let's hope not. Um, from Johnny Gargano to Tommaso Ciampa. He is looking to get revenge tonight on Ridge Bloody Holland for murdering his tag team partner. Will he get it? Um, I don't know where this goes. If you look at the... Who gets over? You're expecting Ridge Holland. He's the project. So maybe it behooves them to put Ciampa over Ridge Holland after the interference from Dunn et al. goes awry. Is some kind of schmoz to set up a tag team match um, with Thatcher and Champa versus Logan and Birch. Who the hell knows? Um, I expect this ultimately to be a big vehicle for Ridge Holland. So maybe Champa can get this lick in the battle. Um, as for prospective match quality, last week's was an okay passable performance from Holland guided towards it by... Uh, Thatcher, I expect this to be more of the same, but I'll tell you what, it might be even better. Like, Champ has got the absolute very best of the carrying cross so yeah, far. Yeah, yeah. Um, where he understood his role, they didn't kind of desperately try for a five star match, and it just felt weird because Cross is in it. He got over carrying cross and made people triple H magic trick in effect what he did for carrying cross. This hasn't got anywhere near his importance, um, but I expect it to be better than last week's, which was fair given Ridge Holland's level of experience. Yeah, I said this before. I think the end destination for all this should be Ridge Holland defeating Timothy Thatcher in the fight pit. That'd be where I'd like yes. it to end up. 
to you know prolong that. I don't know whether he he murders Tommaso Ciampa as well, and then they both return at a later date. Perhaps there's a difference between fifty fifty and like a, a swing of momentum between two yeah. stables, if you like, or associations, and then it got swung in one favor. Like, so I wouldn't mind Ciampa going over because you that's like them, like the boys. Ciampa and Thatcher, my boys. Ah, oh, nah, nah, not happening. Probably that's gonna happen. Yeah. Uh, in terms of that that stable, obviously you've got um, Ridge Bully Ollen, Noni Lorcan, Danny Birch. Great to have Danny back, of course, last week. Uh, and Pete Dunn. Now, is there any substance to my thought about Ilya Dragunov returning to NXT, the new NXT UK champion? Now, I'm not saying that Pete Dunn's going to go back to the NXT UK, God forbid. But got a win over him. Elia Dragunov's now the new NXT UK champion. They're probably not going to run back him and Walter straight away, you would assume. Well, they shouldn't because it should be saved at the bare minimum for the next takeover or whatever. But Pete Dunne's got a very good claim to that title, hasn't he? I like how you've tied those two things together. And I like it because Dragunov's energy with Thatcher and Champa has a lot of balls, machismo, fighting spirit, hard lads. That would be good. Dunn, Holland, and one of Birch or Lorcan. Lorcan, God bless me, is more interesting. Versus Dragunov, Thatcher, and Champa. That'd be a ripper. Mm. I would have that. And it makes sense to... Um, if for once Pete Dunn's challenging for a title, he's completely justified in saying, I should be the next in line for this. Yeah, like, I don't hate anything about that at all. Uh, in terms of other challenges for Samoa Joe, obviously there was a big brawl on last week's show, uh, and that led to uh, Kyle O'Reilly, cool Kyle O'Reilly, being confronted backstage by Vink, Duke Bloody Hudson, as he's now known, who uh, sort of took the piss out of him, get his ass handed to him, and Kyle O'Reilly slapped the taste out of his mouth. Tonight they face off. Straightforward victory for Kyle O'Reilly here. He can't really afford any, any distractions now. He's it concluded the Undisputed Era saga. This has been, uh, this is the thing, like, Kyle O'Reilly has definitively beaten Adam Cole, beaten him out of the whole territory. This has been a long, long-term project since he first came back, having missed several months of the pandemic for very obvious reasons. Um, but it ain't clicking. You don't sacrifice Kyle O'Reilly to a big lad just because it's not clicking, but it isn't clicking. Um, it really is. It's one of those things where like, I give NXT grief for its circular booking patterns, how you arrive at promo trains because not one person has been really established in the background in the pre-takeover cycle. But like Kyle O'Reilly and the work they've done to try and position him as a top single star like flies in the face of my cynical criticisms. And yet, despite the hard work that they've done to really try and position him as a breakthrough singles act... It just isn't connecting. That small crowd in the CWC don't really like him. I don't know if that's because they like Cole more or if it's because his patter is terrible. <laughs> like, I can't imagine. It's got to be a WWE effect. Someone who, in the heel role, was such a boy popper with his air guitars on the belt and his attitude. Like It just feels like the more they produce someone, yes, exactly. the less likable they are. I feel like Kyle O'Reilly's a victim of that. And the answer is... Not viable at all, because the answer is take away the WWE system, polish, tighten training, and that's what they think makes a star, mm. when in reality, it isn't. It's what stops people from being a star in 2021. But their new directive is, oh, well, he's not six foot three, so he's not a star. So I just, 
can't feign enthusiasm for the continued push of Kyle O'Reilly, even though I expect said continued push to continue this evening. Uh, finally, uh, as we wrap up here, we uh, noted on last week's review that there was going to be an open challenge put out there, and you suggested a name, and, well, I suppose it's an opportunity to take a bit of a victory lap from what we saw on WWE.com exclusive earlier on. Well, you know me. I could probably stand to be a bit more modest. Um, this wasn't one of my more outlandish, prescient, oracle developments. It was a very easy game of process of elimination because you only had to eliminate one of the two names that are currently on the 205 Live roster page. <laughs> I eliminated the one whose name I can't remember and arrived at Ikamanjiro, who has, in fact, answered the open challenge and will face and get pummeled by Roderick Strong this evening. Right, you're right. That's it's, it's, it's really not hard to be wrong on this case. It's like there's two people on 205 Live. Like, the thing about the open challenge is, again, like, just have Ikamanjiro challenge him. An open challenge, by definition, like, fires the synapses and the imagination of, like, especially when we know there's a forbidden door being opened. Mm, yeah. We know NXT hated because Samoa Joe's a bit jelly. But an open challenge, you're asking for trouble, you're asking for groans, because the idea of an open challenge is, when John Cena did it, most famously and recently, in WWE at least, you got guys from NXT. You got guys who at the time didn't get that much TV time, and you got to see them, as the kids say, show out for 15 minutes, and them looking competitive against John Cena was awesome, because at the time, very few people were, it was all brilliant. It gives you, oh Christ, they could theoretically sign a new folk hero a la Eddie Kingston, because that's what happened when Cody did it. They could make stars overnight. That's kind of what happened for that one night, at least, when John Cena did it. You can't do that on NXT. Their forbidden door is shut. They don't get people in on, like, temporary basis anymore, even though everyone loved it when Liger turned up. Mm. You're asking for trouble with an open challenge. Just say, oh, you can't have nice things. So you get an Ikamanjiro. No offense to Ikamanjiro. I like him just, just fine. Have, have, yeah, have Malcolm Bivens, who's brilliant at promo, say, look, bloody Kushida ducking us again. I mean, what's it going to take for him to, to face Roderick Strong and us to, you know, you know, go go back and forth for this Cruiserweight Championship? And have Ikamanjiro, like he did on this exclusive, in the 30 just seconds it took him, say, say, no, I like Kushida. Kushida said, Kushida's my idol. I think he's going to batter you for that title. But in the meantime, how about we have a fight? Yeah. Because it just makes Ikaminjiro look bad by virtue of not being a cool, exciting name that might, in a better company, ordinarily accept an open challenge. Yeah. And I include the main roster of 2015 is a better company than the NXT of 2021. It's the, it, like, it, it doesn't really work in this scenario, but if I turn around and said, tomorrow on the NXT review, I'm going to issue an open challenge to see who's going to review it with me. And then you show up. Yeah, I mean, no. that's different because people love, love hearing you tear into NXT. But it's not exactly like, you know, if we, if I, you know, people might go, if I put that out, like tomorrow, I'm going to have a special, a special open challenge appearance on the podcast. People might be like, oh my God, Miller's going to be on the podcast. Oh my God, you know, we're going to get someone else, maybe someone who used to work for What Culture is going to come on the podcast. And then if it's just like you or Hamlet or Murray, it is still enjoyable for me. Yes. But people go like, right, I mean, I'll be honest, I was anticipating something slightly different. Well, Bill Bond, my analogy worked just fine, and I didn't bury me in mine. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll wrap up there. Let's I'll just wrap up there, you oh, dick. 
<laughs> yeah, your misery. Uh, let us know your thoughts ahead of NXT tonight on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Why should they? You can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at... M. Sidgwick. I'm a dick, obviously, so don't. <laughs> But if you wanted to, follow me at M. Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at What Culture WWE. And make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts, where today we've we've done a fair bit. Raw review, SmackDown review, AW Rampage review. And of course, tomorrow uh, we'll be here to review NXT and preview AW Dynamite ahead of all out. But for now, this has been the NXT preview. My thanks to Michael Sidgwick. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you soon. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com. <laughs>